The Bariatric and Metabolic Weight Loss Institute, located in Elkhart, has helped dozens of people of all ages lose that extra weight once and for all, all while helping each patient through the stages of their individual journey. Visit bmiclinic.com to see which option is best for you. This is the South Bend Beat Podcast, presented by Alpha Dog Agency. Welcome back to the South Bend Beat Podcast. This is episode seven. This is your host, Kyle O'Connor, and today we're going to talk a little baseball, a little South Bend. I have Chris Hagstrom Jones, the South Bend Cubs, with me. How are you doing, Chris? I'm great. This is lucky episode seven, right? Yeah, sure is. <laughs> <laughs> how, have you, how have you been doing? I know uh, as time we're recording this, you'll probably hear this in a couple days for the listeners, but. There is snow back on the ground, which mm-hmm. is kind of a bummer, but it seems like the warm weather is right around the corner. Yeah, you know, this this kind of snow that's fallen has, it seems to melt pretty fast. Like, I know the stadium right now, we can see the dirt again. Oh, good. Uh, so the dirt is good. You can actually, because it's been kind of windy too, you can see almost the the light snow that f- has fallen has uh, created, some, not drifts, but you can see where the wind was blowing. And so when you're walking the concourse, um, like, well, I mean, even this cold weather, we'll still walk the concourse. We'll kind of keep an eye out for trouble areas around the stadium, things we've got to keep an eye on. Um, that, that wind whips pretty hard, especially when you're going um, between the uh, the splash area, the splash zone, and uh, the gate D area. And so when that wind whips really hard, I mean, it's just biting yeah. <laughs> right now. Yeah, it can get rough. And hopefully we get it all out of the way here before opening day. We yeah, let's just do get rid of it now. Yeah. And as long as it can snow – all it wants to up until about April 1st, and then just stop and be sunny and 70. Hey, I'm good with that. <laughs> so uh, give our listeners a little bit of background on you, kind of, um, you know, starting as early as you want to start. You can start from birth, you can start from high school, kind of what your story has been, your career path, um, and how you ended up in South Bend with the Cubs. Well, I was a precocious scamp born in November 24th, 1984. <laughs> uh, we, can, we can go on and yeah. on, but... <laughs> Talk about the time I, I split my head open as a three-year-old, but uh, no, I um, I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago, grew up a yeah. lifelong Cubs fan, um, so that kind of really started my love of baseball and uh, all things sports. Uh, you know, typical suburban kid, grew up, my parents uh, divorced, but they never let me not go without. You know, they right. always uh, did everything they could to make sure that I had a great life, and, and uh, I didn't know that until I, I was older. About how much they had sacrificed to make sure that I, you know, had the the best comforts and, and this and that. So I, uh, I pretty much owe everything that I am to to them and, and my great grandmother who I lived with. Um, but you know, I grew up, uh, went to Stevenson High School in uh, which is a, a Illinois Blue Ribbon Award winning school for, or I'm sorry, United States Blue Ribbon Award school. If they heard this, they'd be mad that I said it was just <laughs> state level. This is national. So, um, but uh, graduated from there, and and that kind of started my love of what I do now in, in production. Uh, there was a uh, an AV class that we had in a radio station. We actually had our own radio station on the dial. It was eighty eight point one, so it was about as low as you can go, <laughs> but it still gave us you know real world experience, and right. that kind of what started my love of of production, uh, which got me to Southern Illinois University Carbondale, um, you know, a great product uh, uh, te- radio and television school, broadcasting. Um, I, I actually played football for a few years in junior high and a little bit of high school, but. 
ruptured my Achilles, and Yikes. so that yeah. kind of, you know how that goes. Yeah. You love that's a sport. A rough one. You love a sport, and, and you can't really participate anymore. So that's what got me into the broadcasting side. Was how can I continue to contribute? Uh, so that's what got me into broadcasting down to Southern Illinois. And uh, I feel like my entire career I've been lucky. Uh, maybe luck is is the wrong word, but maybe right place, right time. Um, there was as I was getting ready to graduate, there was a, a independent baseball team down there, the Southern Illinois Miners. And uh, funny story about that: the Southern Illinois Miners were actually the team that was supposed to be the former South Bend Silverhawks. Um, oh, the Silverhawks, when they were world. supposed to move uh, back, or not supposed to, they were the team was trying to sell to Marion, Illinois. Um, they uh, that organization ended up becoming an independent baseball team, which I ended up working for. So, still a lot of uh, connections yeah. throughout there. But uh, worked for the the Southern Illinois Miners for a few years. Got a chance to really get my feet wet into the professional sports world, uh, and then again coincidence once again uh, SIU built a, uh, a new football stadium and renovated arena and they built a video board uh, the f- first time that they ever had video boards in those facilities and they needed somebody to run them so they knew I was in the area they came a calling I went to go work for them and and uh, then a few years later I get a phone call from a, uh, a it is a organization that I, it's called TSE they're no longer around as TSC, but um, it was a consulting firm for audiovisual needs. Okay. And uh, the Silverhawks at the time had contracted and say, hey, we need uh, a producer. We need somebody to produce our video board show. And, and that's kind of, they knew my work. They called me up and said, how would you like to get closer to the Chicago area? And I've wanted to get closer to home. So that's what brought me here. And um, that's kind of how I got to South Bend. And tell everyone now... Um I mean, if people go to the park, you're going to see Chris. You're going to see him quite a bit. Uh, he, he he does a lot. Uh, but kind of tell him what your official title is and um, I mean where you spend most of your time. It's a really good catch-all title. It's Director of Media and Promotions. So that covers everything in, in the media side, media relations, social media, video production, graphic design, and then, of course, the promotion side, marketing, promotions, um, all, all that stuff. I, the way I like to say it is I do everything but sales. But even now, I'm kind of doing a little bit of sales, yeah. too. So it's like when you get into baseball, you just kind of do it all. Yeah. Well, take us through, um, and like many of the guests on this show, that this is probably a tough question to answer, but a typical day for you. Um, I imagine it kind of changes. And especially in your in your case, road days versus home days are going to be a little bit different. Um, so maybe take us through a typical day when the team's on the road and a typical day when the team is at home. So – the uh, the road games are a little easier. The, when I say easier, the hours are a little more manageable. Um, I'm usually in around uh, 7, 30, 8 o'clock. I like to get there early because it's quiet. There's nobody at the stadium, and I get a chance to knock out a few things before things right. get kind of crazy. Uh, from there, um, it starts really the grind of working on graphics, um, scheduling social media posts. What are we trying to promote that week? A lot of questions that have to be asked on non-game days. Um, and check boxes that have to to be checked, whether it's a graphic design, uh, flyers, new stadium signage, up, uh, updating videos. We've got a lot of uh, really cool plans we'll kind of get into later about some videos this summer. But what videos do we need to work on? Uh, and kind of going through all those check boxes and making sure that we're building scripts for the games. We have a lot of uh, game scripts that we try to do ahead of time because when you get into those seven, eight game, even a nine game uh, homestand this year, 
and you don't have a whole lot of time during right. those game days. So we're working on all that stuff, the pre-production, as I call it, uh, to get into game day. Now, for game days, uh, that's a little different story. I'm, I'm usually at the stadium by 7 um, for a 7.05 start, uh, which means getting everything turned on, the video board, uh, the concourse monitors, lights, sound, all that really um, you know, technical stuff. We'll uh, check our, our game script for the week or for that game and find out, okay, what's missing? What haven't we loaded? So we'll load that content or come up with uh, uh, some other um, last-second items that maybe we missed. And then the players will actually arrive somewhere between 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. Everybody has a different schedule, but the players will get there to do their workouts. Um, sometimes they're going to do some early hitting, some early cage work, but then – We'll ask them to do whether it's you know, answer questions or we're going to do some stuff for social media. Um, anything that we need the players for, we try to get them in between that 11 to 1 time frame just so we don't interrupt their uh, their swings or their, their routine because uh, we all know baseball is all about routine right. and, and getting into the swing of things, no pun intended. <laughs> uh, I got a lot of those bad puns. <laughs> Keep them coming. Keep them coming. Um, so after that, at some point in time, we try to break for lunch. Uh, from me personally, my lunch, I'll actually start running. Uh, it's something I kind of started last year. Uh, I'll run usually about nine laps around the concourse is a 5K. Man. So I'll try. And you'll to, do that? Yeah. I'll usually on game days, I'll try to. And actually, that's. Yikes. I feel like it's easier <laughs> on game days because now that everyone knows that I run around the stadium, it's more of accountability. And if I don't run, they're like, hey, Chris, why didn't you run today? So now I've got that's that. A, that's a good spot to be in. Yeah. Like when I go to the games, I, I'll try to walk around the concourse a few times. I feel accomplished. You're out here <laughs> running around it nine times before. And uh, actually, listeners, I don't think probably know this about me. I worked in minor league baseball for a while, too. The game itself is you're on your feet. You're moving around. And especially with what you do. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're getting a workout in in the game itself. Mm-hmm. After you're running nine laps around the concourse, right? Like if I've, I have um, my own uh, personal trainer on my uh, Apple Watch, and um, I'll do twenty thousand steps as my average uh, a day on a game day. Wow, yeah, that's a lot of steps. <laughs> <laughs> for for most that don't know, an average is probably between you know, if, if without running, your average is probably between six thousand and, and eight thousand, or you know, doing 20,000 is... Yeah, because when the Fitbits first came out and it was get 10,000 steps, people were like, oh, yeah, I'll get 10. And they get to the end of the day and be like, I'm not near 10,000 steps. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it was a little harder than people thought. So 20,000, that's... Yeah, that's a lot of steps. Another <laughs> question I was going to ask you is on the graphic design side, do you mm-hmm. have to do the design or does does someone else do the graphic design then you're responsible for sharing it, posting it, or are you actually doing the graphic design? So I'll do the graphic design too. Uh, we have a team that... Um, only in season we'll have an, uh, two interns. We've got a production intern and we have a media relations intern. Media relations intern focuses more on the media side of things, working with the media. He'll help, he'll help do a lot of the scheduling of posts, uh, working on uh, game notes or stat packs, anything like that. And our production intern will be focusing more on some video stuff this year. Um, again, it's all a learning process for them because they're supposed to take what they know um, and apply it to what we're doing. And then there's going to be things they don't know. So We'll teach them certain ways that we like our graphics or um, different methods of designing an image. So right now I'm doing a lot more of the graphic design work just because our intern, Sean, is still learning um, more of the graphic side of things. 
accomplished in the video side, but still needs to learn a little bit on the, the graphic side. So I'm still doing a lot of those graphics right now, and hopefully in the next you know month uh, we'll get to the point that he feels comfortable and, and he feels ready to um, uh, to take on projects on his own. Cool. And as we transition to the question now that was probably the most popular question on social media, and it revolves around the construction, mm-hmm. around the stadium, um, things are moving pretty quickly. seems like every time you go out that way, another structure's up. Mm-hmm. Um, just fill everybody in on the timeline, um, what we're kind of be looking at, maybe answer some parking questions. Sure. Uh, so for those that don't know, the Ivy Berlin place is a 121 uh, um, person or 120 apartments will be 121 apartments. I got to get those numbers right because uh, Andrew has an apartment there, so he's the, the oh, okay. 121. Yeah, of course. Uh, so 121. Um, there'll be some studio, one bedroom and two bedroom apartments, high end apartments. You know, the Andrew's all about having you know the best. So we're going to bring in you know granite countertops and um, the right kind of trim and fixtures, uh, appliances, that kind of thing. Uh, and then there'll be 10,000 square feet of retail space on the first floor. So the project right now, as it stands uh, in our early March, we have two buildings that are up, building one and building two. When you're looking from home plate out, uh, building two is actually the one that's going to have the rooftop on it. We're going to have a rooftop bar and grill up there for groups to use on game days. On non-game days, it'll be available for meeting space and um, you know, kind of whatever unique venue that you're looking for to hold a meeting or family union or whatever it might be. And uh, Building 1 is actually down the um, uh, the sidewalk. So if you're walking from downtown into Gate D, which was our main gate right. before the construction started, right. so that is Building 1 that's along that path. Building 3 and Building 4 are going to be on the other side, where Building 3 will be along the path. Building 4 will be closer to the, the church that's there. And so right now we have two buildings that are up. They're finishing the roof on Building 1. Um, and then the framework is going in for building three, and they're going to start framing building four soon. Um, and actually, I think it was just yesterday I noticed that they were putting in the decks for the apartments. I mean, how important is it if you're having you're living near the ballpark? You want to look out and see yeah. the stadium. Yeah, so they're getting cool. rid of those decks to cool. be built. And what um, what kind of timeline are they looking at for completion, or is that still kind of up in the air right now? So with the weather that we've had, there's been some uh, a few small delays. Uh, we're actually looking right now at um, trying to get op- ready by opening day. I mean, despite all the delays, we're oh, still wow. trying to get ready okay. by opening day. We're obviously under 30 days. Um, probably going to miss that mark potentially. All right. Um, but our, our plan, though, is when the rooftop is ready, we're going to have the rooftop open as a soft opening to the public. Normally, it'll be event and group space, but instead, in this route, uh, we'll actually invite the public up to uh, utilize the rooftop um, as a per-game basis, kind of get ready as our, our soft opening. I know the uh, our, our good buddies uh, down the way in Mishawaka are known for their Chicago uh, Italian beef and hot dogs. I don't know if I can yeah. mention them on the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. So Portillo's. Yep. Um, they have some soft openings in the next couple of weeks. We're right. going to have the same process. So we'll have a soft opening. We'll invite our sponsors up to try out some of the food up there, the the event space. Um, but you know, we're we're still trying to get it ready by opening day. But right now, it's it may not be looking as such. But we'll we'll keep everybody up to date on the timeline as as it gets there. And what about uh, parking? Because obviously that space was utilized for parking mm-hmm. um, previously. What can fans expect um, when they're coming there? And 
basically you take this opportunity to squash any fears people have about the parking situation and let them know it'll be fine. We are going to have uh, our parking back. I mean, obviously with um, last year, we didn't have that space at all. And mm -hmm. people seem to park just fine. Um, we utilized all our other lots that are around the area. Uh, lot D, Lot C, where you know actually taking some time to take care of some of those lots. Um, and we're talking just right across the street. From right, the just right across yeah. the street from the stadium. I mean, it, it's not going to be a far walk at all. Um, yeah. We purposely opened up Gate E as we utilize the the vets lot across the street. Yep. Um, which we'll be able to continue to use. Uh, we also utilize some of those grassy areas across the street as well. And we opened up Gate E. And for those that don't know, Gate E is by the Cubs Den Team Store, which is just off of Western Avenue. Um, that is a permanent gate now. So it wasn't just a temporary gate. That is a permanent gate people can walk in and out of. So you don't need to go all the way around back by gates A and B. And I've noticed some people still like to go to gate A and B. Um, you don't need to do that. You can go through gates E. Gate D was is still open as well. So if you're parked out um, across Lafayette, you know, just across the street, we've got gate D is still open. You'd have to kind of walk down a path and follow the arrows. So gate D is still open. Um, there are still plenty of close gates to get to, still plenty of parking around the ballpark. Um, that certainly won't be an issue. And we're actually improving some of the behind-the-scenes things that, that fans aren't going to get a chance to see is some of our infrastructure. Um, sometimes our ticket scanners out at Gate E, just because it was such a far distance from our other scanners, uh, wasn't working properly. So we are installing brand-new um, access points along that area. So ticket scanner is going to work just fine. Um, you know, easy getting in, getting out. So um, to, to squelch any fears or anything people are worried about, parking is not going to be an issue. We've got all the spaces around the ballpark. Um, and, we, of course, we still have those gates that are permanent fixtures that you can come into. So don't worry about having to go all the way back behind home plate. Use gate D, use gate E. Um, I know Stu's going to be out at both of those gates as well. Nice. Yeah, so basically wherever they park, there's going to be an entry point pretty close to them. Yes, and absolutely. It's completely around the ballpark. There will always be an entry point. And for, uh, for I mean, just the field overall, is there anything um, as far as being new or an addition the fans can look out for? It, se it seems like every year something pops up that makes it even more more family-friendly, more fan-friendly out there. Is there anything in the works for this year? So we've already moved the fun zone, for those that are not aware, our fun zone Oh, did is, you? Yeah, we did yeah. move the fun zone. It was out in left center field. Right. Uh, but now we actually, where the cul-de-sac was, right next to the Cubs Den team store in the yep. far left field corner, uh, we call it by the commissary building. We've actually purchased part of that land. And oh, so the cul-de-sac, cool. we pushed back, and now we put a giant concrete area out there um, with some improved infrastructure again as well for the uh, the giant inflatables. So we actually have a little more space there as well, square footage-wise. All the inflatables will fit there. It'll be kind of a nicer look to that corner uh, of the ballpark. Um, so that is going to be the obvious uh, change. And that area that used to be the fun zone uh, is now another picnic area because we have a, we're very, very – uh, we're running out on picnic areas. We have to turn groups away because they book, you know, in April and they're looking for a July date. Well, unfortunately, we're we're already right. sold out. Right. So, uh, for those that are listening to this, you know, I encourage you to to get your group booked early so you can have those spaces. But we have that new space available, um, and so it'll be a little bit different dynamic in that corner. Again, with the apartments on the other side of the fence line, we didn't want giant inflatables blocking some of those views. So that's why we kind of moved the fun zone over to that spot. Um, there'll be a lot of infrastructure work that we've done this offseason, some behind-the-scenes work from a production standpoint. We're getting some new equipment to help us kind of capture some of those uh, uh, fun memories and moments around the ballpark. Uh, maybe 
uh, nerds like you and myself, they, they care about the production yeah. uh, work. Yeah. We've got a new replay system bringing in uh, to utilize all of our cameras. Instead of right now, we had a, an old four-channel input. We now have an eight-channel input so we can capture all the moments plus our program feeds. Um, that'll make things a little bit easier for us. We're automating our scoreboard for television. Uh, again, these are little things that to, to most people they, they may take for granted, but for us, um, being able to have a scoreboard that pulls data down directly from um, the actual stadium scoreboard for the TV scoreboard bug um, is huge for us. So having accurate, up-to-date scoring where you know before we just had a, uh, a student sit there and they'd have to click ball and strike. And unfortunately, as you have some students um, not necessarily pay attention <laughs> to the game, they might miss a ball or yeah, a strike yeah. and... Uh, it, you know, there's human error to it, but now things will be a little bit more automated. There's only was one person managing manning both scoreboards, um, and you know, Greg Weber does a fantastic job our, from our press box staff. Um, so that's a more of a behind the scenes look there. Um, you know, we continue to try to strive for being the best, the cleanest ballpark. Um, we've purchased some new equipment to help keep our ballpark clean, uh, help scrub those floors daily. So while it may not look to most people, like there are some improvements to the ballpark. We have done a lot this offseason to make sure that we're keeping the ballpark clean, keeping it organized, uh, keeping fans safe. Uh, so they'll be, um, they'll actually be able to enjoy themselves and, you know, enjoy the ball game. And the thing you guys do well um, compared to other minor league, and there, there's a lot of good minor league uh, teams and venues across the country, but you guys do have such attention to detail and stack little little habits little things so well that's what makes the minor league um you know appearance of the game seem like a major league appearance appearance when you go out here and that's why you guys have been winning awards and i mean attendance has obviously been through the roof um yeah so those little things are exciting to hear uh, and like you said the, the the production side stuff gets me pretty excited too because <laughs> it, it was already pretty good but uh yeah the more you can do the better and Another um, hot-button issue with fans, and I'm sure this is one you hear a lot, giveaways. Mm -hmm. Giveaways and promotions, um, pretty much synonymous with minor league baseball. Um, what can you tell us about maybe a few noteworthy dates you might want to be out at the park this summer? If, you, if you're hearing that noise in the background, that's me pulling out my <laughs> pocket schedule. These guys, these bad boys just came in, and that's something that people ask for a lot. Hey, do you have pocket schedules? Do you have, like, people want to be in the know, and they they carry these around with them. So uh, our pocket schedules did just come in. And you, and Chris just brought a bunch here, so if you need one, stop by Alpha Dog. I'll get you a pocket schedule. Exactly. Stop <laughs> by here right now. Grab, you know, whenever you get this, you know, there'll be plenty of pocket schedules. And when yep. you run out, I promise you I will hand deliver more. So you're always going to have a cycle That's what of pocket I like schedules coming in. Um, you know, we actually designed our pocket schedule this way. Uh, because people like to talk about the giveaways. And so instead of just jumbling it all in together, we actually have divided oh, our promotional I schedule and our giveaway schedule. So we have an entire section dedicated to giveaways here, and you can kind of see. I mean, if you guys could see what I'm seeing right now, the bottom half of the schedule, all folded out, is the actual schedule of the games, home away. And the upper left-hand quarter is all the giveaways. The upper right-hand quarter is all the promotions easily laid out. So it's a real easy, easy look, easy feel. And so they can see these when they come by Alpha Dog and, and grab one. Yeah, of yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, but some of the things that I know people are excited about are bobbleheads. Everybody loves bobbleheads. We have two bobbleheads this year, a Jason Hayward bobblehead and an Ian Hat bobblehead. 
Now, first Ooh. of all, Ian Happ has been tearing it up in spring training right now. He's kind of look, looking like the leadoff guy. What are you thinking? I would think so. Yeah. I mean, just with what he's been pulling in numbers-wise, yeah. uh, he's a no-brainer to be your leadoff yeah. guy. They've tried Jason Hayward, and you know, he's been okay. Um, they've tried Albert Almora. Almora, great against lefties, not so much against righties. Happ can hit either way uh, against lefties or righties. And you think Happ will be all right in center? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. If you saw, like, I think it was the first game of the season uh, of spring training when people were asking, is he a good center fielder? One of the first few plays, he made a sprint from dead center to short right center and caught a ball on the fly. So if anybody has a question of if he's going to be okay in center field, I think that, to me, answers that question. If he can be at least an average defensive center fielder, that that's a game changer. But I'm getting off topic now. We'll get back to the Cubs Major League team later. Go on with the promotions. So Ian Happ has a bobblehead. Jason okay. Hayward has a bobblehead. I love the Jason Hayward bobblehead, the design, uh, because in when he was with us July 2nd and 3rd, his second rehab stint of the year, he wore the 4th of July theme jersey. And so we actually put him in that jersey, oh, and it cool. looks really, really cool. So that's going to be a great collector's item. Uh, something new this year that we're working with uh, South Bend Animal Care and Control they are sponsoring our Bark in the Parks Days, which we have three of this year. Always popular. But they're going to actually bring giveaway items to each of those days. So we're going to have dog bowls. We have dog bag dispensers. So when you need to curb your pet, make sure you've got I something. I need some of those, yeah. <laughs> uh, Or if you're a jogger. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> dog frisbees also um, are going to be a, in, on the hot topic as well. So I love yeah. anything I can get from my dog that's free, I'm going to do. Yeah, add it to the pile. <laughs> exactly. Uh, other great items that we have are youth camo jersey. Uh, we know a lot of uh, youth baseball teams are going with that digital camo uh, for their youth teams. And so we've got a really cool digital camo for this season I think people are going to like. Uh, we have from uh, a few other items just of note here because I want to list all of them off here. We've got pine glass giveaways, fleece blankets, uh, and of course, you can't forget the flat screens. We're yeah. still doing flat screen still Saturday. Still doing it again, huh? Every right. single inning, one lucky fan, 18 or older, is going to win a flat screen. So uh, one thing I actually do like about on Mother's Day, we're having a separate sign-up for mothers only. And so four of those innings will be a Mother's Day only Love flat it. screen giveaway. Love so um, at least four moms are going to walk away with a flat screen on our Mother's Day celebration. And tickets to for a lot of those things you mentioned, tickets are going to go quickly. Yes, so, and tickets are on yeah. sale now, too. Yeah. We ju just went on sale on March 7th. Uh, obviously, the weather didn't cooperate so much with the uh, in-line sales, but we still actually had a line. People were lining up in the snow really? to, to buy their tickets. Yeah, and it wasn't necessarily a long line, line like we've had in years past, but people were still lining up. We were giving them free donuts and coffee. Stu was out there. Uh, we always like to make that on-sale date an event. Yeah. And so people you know, come out because they know it's an event. Um, but uh, sales have been going well already. But, again, those Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays, people have got to buy their tickets in advance. If they, you know, Some people want to sit on the lawn, which is perfectly fine. But we have others asking us, is there any other seats that I can buy for that day? And, unfortunately, we sell out of those games pretty fast. Good to know. Um, another aspect I wanted to touch on was – and, and this is true of minor league teams pretty much all over the country. They don't get a whole lot of recognition, the players and coaches, for um, how active they are in the community and everything they do in the community. Mm -hmm. And I know that over there, the players and coaches, exact same way. Um, speak to a few things about what they're doing in the community, whether it's been in the past or what's planned. Well, just a few things that we've done in the past that I know we're looking forward to doing again. We have Tip a Cub, which we've done with Applebee's in years past, uh, where the, the Cubs players will actually – 
take over the restaurant. There'll be servers. There'll be hosts. Um, can't necessarily do the bar for most of them because some of them are already un- are still under 21. Right, um, right. But they're actually bringing the food out. They're the ones that are bringing people to their table. And we're asking fans to tip the Cubs uh, because all that money gets donated to Beacon Children's Hospital. So that's one of my favorite events actually to do. Um, it's fun. The players love it. Uh, and it's always exciting. Of course, the Home Run for Life campaign that we do with Beacon Children's Hospital, too, um, is another one that I, I really love doing. We'll actually have a patient from Beacon Children's Hospital run the bases uh, and you know have hit a home run. We literally stop the game in middle in the middle of the game. Both teams come up and they line up on the foul lines, and the kid gets the opportunity to run the bases, high five the players. They get the fireworks, they get the foghorn. Um, you know, so it's a, it's a huge event. And um, anytime we can do something with Beacon. Uh, Children's Hospital, we, the players love doing. Whether it's visits over there, they, you know, they don't really get publicized a lot when the players go to visit. Um, but we'll do visits with um, senior centers. You know, we actually last year, Vimael Machine and Alberto Mineo went to a senior center, and to see the residents there, their eyes light up, and they'll talk about baseball from it was the 1920s and the 1930s. It just baseball is timeless. And that's one of the reasons why these players love it, because they can talk baseball no matter what era it is. Absolutely. Um, so they do a lot of those kind of appearances. Um, we've also have gone out to um, youth lunch programs where uh, they hand out lunch bags to kids that are out of school who may not be able to afford a meal. Players will come out and help hand out lunch bags. So we try to do as much as we can in the community with you know, given the player schedule. Obviously, they are only around when, during home games. Uh, as they're on the road otherwise. But, you know, the mascots get into the community to, community as well. Um, we work with Love, Love Way, Inc., which is um, a therapeutic horse farm. They bring out um, children with special needs, and, uh, they you know, the, the horses are act as therapy horses. And so it's a calming effect, and we'll bring the mascots out to that. Uh, players will occasionally go out to there, working with Hannah and friends. Um, the Logan Center, we do an event that's close to the public um, for um, members of the Logan Center where they get to play a baseball game with our players. Um, and so that's another one that doesn't necessarily get publicized a lot, but it's an event more for those athletes than about the public image. Um, so anytime the players can get into the community, I know they want to do, and we're always looking for other opportunities to get into the community. So there's a, we actually have a uh, an email set up that's donations at southbendcubs.com. We use that as our community relations email as well. So if there's an event, um, you know, we, we try to uh, pick ones that are um, – we try to pick events that appeal to a broad audience, um, something that's a 501c3 charity because there's a lot of people out there that are looking for donations. We try to accommodate as many as possible. But um, obviously being a, an organization as we are, we get a lot of them. Uh, so we try to accommodate as much as we can, but um, the, anytime we can try to schedule something for the players, we'll rotate players too, so they're not all, all the same players and going out to all these events. Right. Um, but uh, anytime we get out into the community, I know we we certainly enjoy doing. And it's something that they just don't get enough credit for, especially at this level. Like you mentioned, a lot of them are teenagers or twenty, maybe mm-hmm. twenty-one, and there's a language barrier with a lot of them, mm-hmm. and they're still getting out in the community and doing their part it's pretty awesome you know one of the players last year Wyatt Short um, he volunteered for quite a few of those it's the same as Alberto Mineo 
he would volunteer for a lot of these events because he wants to get into the community. And Wyatt Short actually um, was a resident of St. Paul's. Okay. Um, you know, we have a program where we actually uh, they will host St. Paul's Retirement Center or community will host a player, at least two players, and they become um, kind of like the children to the residents there. And Wyatt would tell us stories about, um, you know, they would uh, they'd come home from a late game and their people would still be up and saying, "Did you win today?" Um, you know, they'd so they chat briefly about it, or the um, the residents would make the players food, um, ask them about their day, and in turn they're asking, you know about, you know, their, the players are asking the residents about their children, about uh, their lives. Um, so there's a bonding moment that happens there. And I know Wyatt really enjoyed that. And we're going to, uh, we actually just found out that we're going to be able to continue to do that again this year. Very cool. When I was with the Rochester Red Wings, I took a player out to a hundred year, a hundred year birthday party oh, wow. for a woman. And the first thing she said to him was critique of his front shoulder on his swing. <laughs> <laughs> So like you said, baseball's timeless. It's ageless. People that know baseball know baseball, and more importantly, they love talking baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get to kind of the lightning round questions here, um, the last question we like to ask everybody that comes on here. Um, so say there's a college student getting ready to graduate. They look at your current position where you're at, and they say, I want to be Chris someday. I want to do what he's doing. What would your advice be to them? Don't. Don't. <laughs> hey, no. keeping it real. <laughs> no, um, my, my advice is understand what you're getting into. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody wants to work in sports, but some people don't understand the time commitment to it. And I've seen in the past with interns, when they sign up, they think this is nine to five. This is, not, is not nine to five. This is your email, and especially now with technology that we have. Um, I remember when I first got into baseball, I got a BlackBerry, so I can get email mm-hmm. to my my phone. But um, you know, you're on call twenty four seven, whether if um, answering fan questions or again those community questions, uh, working on graphics. Uh, we're, we're deadline driven, just like any other news outlet, uh, entertainment company. But the difference with us would be we're trying to. The difference for us would be that we have not just the baseball side to, to push, but it's also the entertainment. So you're getting both sports and entertainment. And I'm not talking about professional wrestling. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, when you got to get a project done, you've got to get a project done. And there's always going to be something else to, to put on, especially at this level. Um, staffs aren't huge. We don't have 50, 60, 70 people in the front office to to get this stuff done. We have a staff of 20 year-round um, where uh, most of them are sales folks, others work for the performance center. Um, you've got a few in food and beverage, and then in our media and production department, it's a staff of one in the off season. So, when if you want to get into this business, the first thing I would say is understand your time commitment. Number two, people always ask me, you know, and I get emails often about how do I get into sports? You know, what can I do? I would like to do an internship. Know your time frame. A lot of baseball internships open up in October and they filled in December. I get a lot of people that aren't thinking that far ahead. They're thinking for in April, they're thinking about that summer. You've got to be thinking at least a year out, um, especially if you want to get into the, I would imagine across you know all sports, but specifically in minor league baseball, 
um, you know, our hiring is pretty much done by December for internships. So Usually no the winter meetings. Right, exactly. Up, the, yeah. the winter meetings, there's a huge job fair out there. And there's a lot of students and, and interns that don't get an opportunity because they, maybe they don't know about it. But I always talk to them, try to go to the job fair or try to get to know um, the time frame of whoever is hiring. Uh, and then the third thing that I would suggest would be uh, don't say no. Find a way to say yes. And that's a mantra that we we have in the Cubs is find a way to say yes to the guest. Um, we don't like saying no. People don't like hearing no. So we find a way to say yes. Um, if you're asked as an intern, uh, can you do this mask, can you jump in this mascot suit really fast? It may not be your responsibility, but in most internships, there's a tiny little fine print that say duties as assigned. Uh, a lot of contracts have that and, and nowadays and um, don't st- – Try not to say no. Um, it kind of when when somebody to me as an intern, if they come to me, come up to me and say, "Hey, um, I know you guys have an appearance coming up. Can, can I go on that for you? Or can I go on that appearance? Maybe take some photos. Um, try to volunteer. Make yourself invaluable uh, to the point of wow. If I don't know how I'm going to function without this person if, if when they leave. Um, so those are my three keys. Would be um, try, you know find a way to say yes. Uh, know the time frame of your hiring and, and know the time commitment. Um, my best intern uh, interns, I'll, I'll use the plural form, are ones that I can't live without. And those people have gone on to work for ESPN, Fox Sports. Um, they work in the, the TV industry. One of my former interns is, is actually a Steadicam operator. And he's hired by WWE major movie companies. He has his own Steadicam now. And so he just is a freelance contractor that goes to all... He just came back from Africa, I think, a few weeks ago. I mean, he just goes all around the world. Um, but it's because he's got that drive and determination to succeed. Uh, and that's, of all things, that's what you need in this business. I mean, that that's some unbelievable advice. And I was a sports management major and did the minor league baseball thing for a few years. And to make you feel better about your honest um, advice right off the bat... I had emailed. Do you know who Jonah Carey is? He's a baseball writer. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah. I had emailed him saying I want to be a scout. Do you have any advice? And his response was, "Don't." <laughs> but, <laughs> and then he said the same thing. He said, "You just have to realize it's it's time." And um, with my experience, you have to realize you're going to work a ton of hours for little or pretty likely no pay. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you'll get college credit or something if you're an intern. Um, but I mean, like you said, if you work hard and at the end of the rainbow, then you can have Chris's position and you can actually make things run a little bit. Um, but that's a lot of good advice. And You can have my job. Go right ahead. No. If you, end of, <laughs> you're giving my job away, which is fine. Go no. ahead. End of the season. Congratulations. Here's the yeah. keys to the castle. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, if, if you undo the you know media promotions, you know, it can be done. Chris is a great um, kind of area for you to look at what you need to do. And the good point you mentioned, uh, get to the winter meetings if possible, mm-hmm. um, because there is a lot of hiring going on down there. And um, I assume from your point of view, if you see someone t- took the effort to come to the winter meetings, be prepared, that's already a step in the right direction. Oh, yeah. I mean, just this past winter meetings that I went to, um, there was uh, somebody that and, and he, I actually hired him. Um, didn't do great in the interview. I'll be honest, Sean, you didn't do great in the interview if he's listening to this. <laughs> um, but it was his persistence. Um, the fact that he was willing, um, he, he, we met for breakfast. It was early in the morning. He's like, whenever, whenever. Um, and his desire to succeed is what sold me on him. Uh, so 
you never know what's going to happen. You may not be the top candidate for someone, but if you can show them to make you invaluable and that you have a drive to succeed, you're going to go far. Um, and also, as a side note at the winter meetings, there's a lot of people that you can talk to, and there's these different seminars for those that are looking for a job about those that are in the, in the industry, and you can learn from them. So I highly recommend, I believe they're in Vegas this coming year for the 20, uh, the, in December of 2018. So, um, you know, book your flight now, try Good to save up. Good excuse to go to Vegas. <laughs> well, that, that too, exactly. You can see the Backstreet Boys in concert. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> let's get to, uh, let's get to some lightning round questions. All right. Um, what was your first job? McDonald's. I worked at McDonald's as a cashier. I was offered a manager position three weeks afterwards, and I left four weeks after I hired because they just the people that were running it didn't know what they were doing. And <laughs> and I was fifteen and it was years old, so, yeah. right? <laughs> okay. Have you ever been stuck on an elevator? E- no. I, I had to think about that one. I don't think I've ever been stuck on an elevator. Now, and you ride elevators pretty often. Yeah, I, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, most of the time, I'll take the stairs to the stadium. But um, yeah, I'm. Uh, I don't actually don't think I've ever been stuck in an elevator. Never been stuck. No. All right. Okay. Next, fill in the blank. Taylor Swift is. <laughs> We've got answers all over the map on this one. So. <laughs> Taylor Swift, is it just one word or can it no. be a sentence? Your answer. You can, it can be a sentence. Taylor Swift is a genius marketer, but she needs to be kinder to people. Hey, and that's an answer we've got. That you know, she just kind of has been seem seeming a little mean lately. Yeah, but you know what? It works for her. <laughs> it does. Yeah, I mean, she can she can blow Twitter up with one tweet. One, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, she knows how to market. Um, favorite TV show? But before you answer, give us maybe it's the same answer. Your favorite TV show of all time and currently running. All-time Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, seasons one through three, the originals, (laughs) uh, before they got into all the other spinoffs, that's kind of my guilty pleasure. I'll still watch it. I've got the DVDs. Um, That's currently running? I'm going to have to go with Bob's Burgers. Okay. Big Bob's Burgers fan. The animated show, yeah. yeah the animated yeah. show, it, it's it's hilarious. It, it it didn't get a lot of love in its early seasons. I think those are some of the best. Um, but uh, I do love that. And a new one, The Orville, uh, okay. which is a Star Trek uh, type of show by uh, uh, Seth MacFarlane. Now, do you just like animated, period, or is it just certain? I like a lot of animated. I mean, yeah. I grew up on The Simpsons and King of the Hill. Um you know those the sun the Saturday afternoon or Saturday morning cartoons with Tiny Tunes and uh, the Nick Tunes, Ren and Stimpy, uh, Rocco's Modern Life is one of oh, my I top favorites. I love Rocco's Modern Life, and they've got a, a new movie coming out soon. They're actually re, they're reviving it for like a, a reviving uh, what Rocco's Modern Life. You're kidding? Yeah, it's like a 90 minute um, animated special on uh, Nickelodeon. Oh, because I'm a SpongeBob guy too, and I know mm-hmm. they did the SpongeBob movie, which mm-hmm. was awesome. So Rocco's Modern Life, they're doing a movie. Yes, they're actually oh, getting a 90-minute uh, special. I don't think they're bringing it back full-time, but it's a special, and I, I can't wait. It's oh, all yeah. the original voice actors, too. Oh, I'm in. I'm in for that. What? So, And if you follow Chris on social media, you'll see uh, you get to meet quite a few people in the baseball world and probably beyond. Um, what person that you met had you the most nervous? The, I would say there's two. Recently, I did the, the – um, at the Cubs convention, we did some interviews, and the one that I was most nervous to interview was Ryan Sandberg. 
okay. just because yeah. of the Hall of Fame ring and, and just all that he's done in baseball. Uh, the interview turned out great. We actually just posted it, the full-length interview uh, through our Cubby Corner, in which you, of course, can find at southbankcubs.com. Uh, she plugged there. That's yeah. Oh, <laughs> plug away. That's why. That's why we're here. <laughs> um, so I was nervous uh, to to do that interview, but it turned out great. And, and he's just, uh, such a great guy. Um, at the winter meetings, I met David Ross. Uh, at the the Cubs hosted a special event for Grandpa just the affiliates. Ross. Grandpa Rossi. That's right. Um, I still get. I gotta watch my language. I still get some you, flack. You can say whatever you want to say. <laughs> no, family friendly. Family friendly. Um, I still get some flack for uh, just having such sweaty palms meeting him, and um, I because I actually before I met him, I read his book, uh, which is a great read. And at the very end of the book, it has um, kind of a summary of how to be a good teammate. It talks about his career and how he was a terrible teammate and, and eventually uh, became the the figure that he is today. But there's actually about, I want to say, seven pages about how to be a good teammate. And I've actually photocopied them and plan on giving them to my staff this year to say, as a guide of um, working in baseball, it's tough. We're all going to be each other, other's throats sometimes. Um, but this is what it means to be a good teammate. It's not always about saying, you know, it doesn't have to be being kind and and always agreeing with everybody just because you can agree with them. Um, you know, sometimes you have to go against the grain, uh, and, and there's a whole section there. But so after I read that book, I really took it to heart. And then meeting him, of course, there with did you all tell the, him that that you were going to print that out? I did tell yeah. him that, and, and and he smiled and oh, that that's great. You know, so, so I I know he was genuine about it. I'm sure he really meant it. But you know, when you say those kinds of things to celebrities, may you never know what goes through their head. Right. But I'm sure he was really genuine about it. Um, and uh, he, he we would hear stories from him. Uh, Joe Madden was there and, and all the, the Cubs brass. So, again, being a Cubs fan growing up and seeing what they've done, winning the World Series, just that whole moment I was in awe for. And, and I are, I get some I get some flack from a few folks that were in that same room, and, and they like to laugh about it. Yeah. <laughs> Before we wrap up with plugs, we're going to end. I will personally try to keep this short because I could go all day. Let's talk a little Major League Cubs mm-hmm. heading into this year. Um, opening day lineup. Uh, you're probably thinking uh, Schwarber, Hap, Hayward in the outfield. Yes. And then Bryant, Russell, Rizzo, Contreras, Givens. You think we're seeing Javi or Zobrist? At- you got to put Javi, I think. I think so, too. I mean, I know Z- Zobrist is a great leader. Mm-hmm. He has done so much. He's a World Series MVP. Um, I certainly think that with some of his recent injuries, I mean, his, he had some back flare-ups a few weeks ago. Um, he's getting a little older. It's going to be tough to keep him in the everyday lineup when you've got somebody with the defensive prowess as Javier Baez. Um, but with that being said, he is a great leader, and, and he can bring a lot to that lineup that are the intangibles, which the Cubs look for. They look for those intangibles. Yes, Javi can make some great plays, but um, there are some intangibles that um, – that Ben Zobrist has. And I think that you're going to see, obviously, Javi's going to be, um, if he continues what he's doing, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah. I really feel that. I mean, he he's just special. Right. Yeah. No-look tags and and all this these unbelievable acrobatic plays that he makes. Um, but, again, Ben Zobrist, don't count him out because he provides those intangibles and that leadership that that team needs. Now, tell me where you're thinking um, for kind of the standard lineup Hap, Bryant, Rizzo, Contreras, mm-hmm. Schwarber, Russell, Hayward, Baez. That's pretty good. 
You think that'd be pretty close? That's a, that's I'm thinking a pretty that's good about lineup. Where, I'm thinking that's about where it'll go. And then if if Joe, I don't think he will. If he does decide to go eight nine with a pitcher again, you can have right. Javi turn over the lineup. But mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I, actually, I think Javi would be a great nine guy. That's if, a that's if a pretty good lineup. His hitting can improve without having to. St- I mean, his strikeout ratio dipped a little bit, I think, last year. But he had still a little bit, a little high. He had that. He had the stretch in the middle of the year where he was doing really well, being mm-hmm. really patient. And then toward the end, I think he started pressing a little bit, started swinging again. Well, yeah, I think it was the pressure of because the Cubs didn't wrap up. Um, the NL Central because the NL Central was a pretty good division with the Cardinals and the Brewers, and so I think there was a little pressure to um, overperform, which you know, gets to Javi at, at times. At least it looks that way. And he was doing the talking with Milwaukee at the end of the year, pointing yeah. at their dugout. Where he was probably pressing a little bit from that too. But that's Javi. But I mean, that's a good lineup. And then on the bench, you're not Almora Zobrist would be on the bench mm-hmm. there. Um, what catcher do you think ends up being? You know, I'm going to go out as a dark horse, um, Victor Caratini. Keep your eyes out for him. Do you think he'll start the year as a number two catcher? Or on, do you think he'll start the year on the 25? <sighs> That's tough. Um, I think, again, it's going to depend upon what he does the rest of the spring. I think he has a chance to crack it. I absolutely do. Um, whether that happens or not, I'm not sure. But I, I do think that he has an opportunity um, to at least – He's putting himself in a great position to be that number three catcher. Now, so he's your dark horse for kind of fringe 25-man guys. Is there someone that is a very, very good, solid player that you think makes the leap to superstar-ish type area this year? So that'd be guys like, I mean, if Hayward had another huge season or Almora, Hap, Baez, Russell, think any of them make the jump to elite that I don't know, but I, I'll actually turn your question around if I can and, and look at it from this perspective of the minor league guys. Um, you know, who are we looking at to eventually be that, that next guy that's going to gonna jump up? Um, there are a few names that I think to look for and keep an eye out for. Craig Brooks uh, is, is one of them, a pitcher. Um, Zach Hedges, number one, he's a fantastic guy. Charcer Burks, an outfielder. Um, I certainly see him with time at Iowa this year. Again, these are all former South Bend Cubs. Right. Dylan Maples, he cracked the 40-man roster at the end of September. Um, look for him to to make that um, regular start, I think, as well with uh, the Cubs. Um, as far as the, the giant superstardom, I think I think Chris Bryant needs to to get back to that superstardom. Obviously, so like top five, six-ish players in the league. Yeah, he, I mean, he does a lot, but I feel that. I don't know, and maybe even Anthony Rizzo has done some amazing things as well. But again, when you're, we've been spoiled as Cubs fans the last couple of years because these guys are, well, let's be honest, they've made the NLCS the last three years. That's impressive. Yeah, that's that's impressive. Yes, they've only won if one. You would have told a Cub fan that like 2011, 2012. I mean, mm-hmm. sign me up. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but we've been very spoiled with how successful they've been the last couple of years, and so. Take this with a grain of salt, but I think that the the Rizzo Bryant combination kind of needs to help again carry. There are other younger guys that helped carry the team through some rough stretches last year, but those guys, the 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 number two, the number three guys, they've um, they're going to need to cut down on the strikeouts. You know, take more walks. Obviously, Rizzo you know led the league in in 2016 and hit by pitches, um, but those guys are going to have to um, you know be superstars this year. And the last couple questions pertaining to pitching, thoughts on Tyler Chatwood? I haven't seen enough of him, to be honest. I, I've tried to watch a little really bit of He had really good splits out, outside of Coors. 
that that's always a good sign. Right, and and you always got to take any former Rockies pitcher with a grain of salt right. again because they're the deck is stacked against them um, up in the Mile High City. So I need to see a little more before I can uh, give my official thought. But I, I certainly think by work, um, you know, Wrigley and Coors are, are somewhat similar to where it's uh, Wrigley is more of a hitter's park. Um, so we'll see if Chatwood has the uh, the um, you know has built himself up and, and can work in Wrigley. And the last question, what it always seems to come down to, be a lot of new faces with the bullpen. I mean, do you, what's your? I know it's a lot of new faces, but do you have any confidence whatsoever? You know, I'm not sure. I do. I, I'm not sure yet. Again, I, I've I'm trying to be diplomatic on this one um, as well. But the bullpen, they need to work on their dance moves. No, I, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully there's a lot of dancing and it's not a big issue. That that's all. And you know what? With the ro- here's the thing: the rotation. I think is going to be good. It's solid, man. It's going to be a solid rotation. You already got John Lester announced as your opening day starter. Um, you know, Jose Quintana, I think, is incredibly underrated right now. Well, there's four guys that you could argue are the best guy on the staff. Right. I mean, look and at Kyle Hendricks, too. Hendricks, ERA leader two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hendricks had, had pitched recently, looked pretty good out there. Um, and you, obviously. You, Darvish, it's... He's you, Darvish. That's, <laughs> right. I mean, that's that's four top end guys. And, and someone anyway. can make the argument though that's listening to this. You know, well, you, you Darvish didn't really have a great season, a great postseason, but he had a good season. Yeah. Um. So will will the whole tipping pitches? Um, that's fixable. Right. I'd rather it be that than something else. Exactly. So, I think that you're going to see these guys go. If you can have these guys go six, seven innings, and then you've got only two to three innings from your bullpen that you need. Maybe use one uh, middle relief guy for one to two innings. Then you've got you know a guy to close it down. Or if you get the four or five out closer situation, bring in your closer, get it get it locked in. And so I think the bullpen may not be as strong, but you've got a strong starting staff that can help pick up that slack. And as we wrap up here, um, how about a couple plugs? Let's do uh, do your personal plugs. If you sure. want anyone to follow you, uh, find you on social media, where can they find you? Um, and then the South Bend Cubs plugs. Sure. So if you want to follow me on uh, Twitter, I'm at, at Chris Hagstrom. It's uh, easy to find on Twitter. I'm also at uh, chagstrom84 on Instagram. You'll Spell see, Hagstrom. For sure. Me. It's uh, C-H-A-G-S-T-R-O-M. There you uh, go. So chagstrom84 on Instagram, Chris Hagstrom on Twitter. Uh, I'll post probably a lot about my dogs. I love my dogs. They're um, I don't get a chance to see them enough, obviously, during the season. Every so often, I get to bring them to the stadium. What kind of dogs do you have? Uh, I have a black lab mix. Uh, he is going to be 11, and I have a white terrier mix that is going to be nine. So, oh, okay. They're a little older, but uh, their names are Remington and Rally. <laughs> uh, so they're interesting names. I, I actually named Rally. Uh, for the baseball rally. Uh, when I was working for the, the miners, we had a rally skunk that year. We had a skunk that actually ran across the field. Uh, nobody wanted yeah. to touch it, so <laughs> I can imagine play was held. Um, <laughs> but we rallied back from four down to win that ball game. And so the next night we were down, uh, we played the rally skunk footage, won again in the ninth inning. And so we actually had seven straight rallies after playing the rally skunk video. 
so that kind of started the rally skunk. Are we going to be seeing a skunk outlet <laughs> for it? <laughs> well, we, we tried Rally Rex, which is those inflatable mm-hmm. T-Rex costumes. Uh, rally Rex went 0 for 14. So, so Rex is out. Yeah. <laughs> we're not going to see Rally Rex anytime soon, but he might uh, just pop up every so often yeah. because a Blue Crew member got <laughs> bored. Um, but I named Rally after the Rally skunk. That's awesome. And the South Bend Cubs plugs, uh, hit them with the social media handles and uh, where they can go to get tickets because, like you said, the sooner the better. Absolutely. So for following us on social media, which, by the way, we are one of the top 25 teams in all of minor league baseball on social media. I have to, I have to toot our own horn on that one because we, we try to engage our fans and have a lot of fun. Uh, we use a similar voice as the Chicago Cubs. It's fun. It's light. We'll poke fun at ourselves Baseball often. Twitter across the board is just fun. It really it's is. the best of all the sports. And we can get on a tangent about that for a whole other <laughs> time. We can do a whole other podcast <laughs> just on that. Uh, but follow us on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash South Bend Cubs, all spelled out. Uh, on Twitter, follow us at SB Cubs. On Instagram, at SB Cubs. We're also on Snapchat. If you look up at SB Cubs, okay. find us there. On YouTube, we have our own YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash South Bend Cubbies. Someone stole South Bend Cubs at one, when we were just setting all this stuff up, which was really weird. So you know those people that like to snipe uh, usernames when something new hits, like, oh, I have to steal this so one. So on YouTube, you have to be Cubbies. Yeah, we have to be South Bend Cubbies. Okay. So whoever you are... Shame on you. Yeah. Shame, shame, <laughs> shame on you. All right. So South Bend Cubbies on YouTube, SB Cubs, um, Twitter, and Instagram. And Snapchat. And, so- and Snapchat and South Bend Cubs on Facebook. That's correct. And, of course, your tickets are available at SouthBendCubs.com. And and get a pocket schedule. Come by Alpha Dog. Uh, they'll be, I'm assuming, at businesses and restaurants around the area. Mm-hmm, they um, certainly will. But I highly recommend getting them at Alpha Dog because they're right near a couple of great places, like a great pizza place just down the road that yeah. you stop by and grab yeah. yourself a slice. Yeah, we're in a good area. <laughs> Come by Alpha Dog. Get your pocket schedules. Make me run out so Chris has to run back out here and bring more. Mm-hmm. And, and we'll talk more baseball. We will. And you can find us at South Bend Beat Everywhere. And uh, this is a wrap on Episode 7. Chris, thanks for coming by. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. This episode of the South Bend Beat Podcast was brought to you by the Alpha Dog Agency. Special thanks to Truthwork Media for production. If you'd like to sponsor on a future episode, email info at alphadogagency.com. Wouldn't it be nice to be excited for your dental appointment? You will be when you're a patient at Zent Family Dentistry. They have nearly 100 glowing reviews online and zero negative reviews. A perfect score. Find out more at ZentFamilyDentistry.com. Now I'm off to my appointment. This episode was recorded and produced by Truthwork Media. If you're interested in having a podcast, look us up at TruthworkMedia.com. Truthwork Media. Everyone has a story. Yours needs a podcast.